The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Welcome back to another episode of the Tumbling Saber Podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Carlos. And joining us this week from the Nerd Room, once again, our good friend Tim. How's it going, buddy? Ah, man, it's great to be back. We've just been trading spots on the podcast here for the last couple of weeks. It's been uh, it's been a great experience. It's proper, man. It's the way to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to, happy to be back here filling in for Corey again. Um, I'm going to properly take his role. I think I'm going to sit here, here on the periphery, crack a brew and be good to go. Well, you, you can't crack a brew. You have to crack a case. Yeah. You have to be <laughs> three fair. deep in by the time we start recording. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, though, my collecting update isn't going to be near what his likely is. <laughs> well, it's been a while. I mean, we've had a bit of a topsy-turvy schedule the last three, four weeks or so. I've had uh, summer vacation and force fest and blah 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 so it, we haven't actually sat together in quite a while i've spoken to Corey a few times but i'm excited to see next week if, if we get him back <laughs> what he's done over the last month i'm sure it's gonna be hefty well he, he's been dming myself and troy talking about all kinds of marvel legends and black series and just the wild onslaught of action figures <laughs> we've gotten over the last month <laughs> so i'm sure i'm sure his pockets are bare right now as are all of ours oh my, like, i think yeah i think Corey's presence on this show is just to talk about the shitty buys like <laughs> that's all he wants that's all he does he buys he buys he buys stuff to have to have something to talk about yeah pretty much has that ever happened hey, that's, to you, that's Tim? commitment to the craft <laughs> I'd like, have I ever bought something to talk about? I'm going to say no, but I will say I've been conscious of it before. Thinking like, if I don't have anything, what am I going to talk about? I always find something to talk about, right? There's always comics or, or something like that to buy. But have I ever gone out and just specifically bought something to talk about? No, but it's been on my mind before. <laughs> I will say that. Hey, we're, we're all like almost 200, 230, 250 episodes into this thing. You know, <laughs> we got to have a little content creation still. Absolutely. There's always that worry that, oh, God, whoa. like this week, what am I going to talk about, man? <laughs> but uh, there's stuff. There's stuff. We'll, we'll figure it out. I'm sure we're going to get two hours deep and go, what did we just do? Yep. <laughs> How did this happen? Yeah. Well, you, there's some real realization with the Force Fest panels because usually we're somewhat unconstrained in both the Nerd Room and the Tumbling Saber. And there we had like the hour. And you were panicking halfway through, you didn't have enough. And I was panicking three quarters of the way through that we were going to go long. And so I'm like, okay, I got to get, I got to wrap it up, got to wrap it up. And I usually don't have that pressure on me to, to wrap things up in that hour time frame. It was eye opening for sure. And you're right. Like I did say, like, oh God, like 20 minutes in, I was like, oh no, I'm like two thirds of the way through my, my outline here. What am I going to do? And then, you know, that's why I have a guy like Devin around to pick it up, yeah. to take the conversation over and, and just, we, we filled it out and we got to like 59 minutes and 30 seconds. It was like perfect. It was absolutely perfect. And what a, what a blast that was that whole weekend. I didn't watch as many panels as I wanted to, but uh, I'm going to get back to those because there's some good stuff there that I wanted to, to check out. But man, that, that whole thing was a 
good fun ride. So well, you, you, sorry, your, your guys' panel was probably the most comprehensive look at uh, collecting in the last five years that I've ever heard on anybody's show. It was top, and I, I watched it from beginning to end. Honestly, amazing job. Much appreciated, Carlos. You know, it, it's funny with those those history of toy things. I find that fascinating. And I find myself down these wild rabbit holes sometimes. And it's fun just to talk about it too, right? Because it's been five years really since we started the podcast. Like you, we were kind of almost back to back. And that's when everyone got back into Star Wars. And what dragged everyone back in in a big way was, you know, that Force Friday. So it's nice to go back and look and chronicle our way through the history of the toys in the last five years. Because a lot of people spend time in the vintage, Power of the Force and all that. I don't think there's been a big look at the last five years, which arguably has been probably the the like the largest dump of toys we've gotten almost ever right? <laughs> probably like between lego and the elite series black series three three quarter inch like everything it's it's nuts what we've gotten the last five years since disney took that license over yeah absolutely crazy and I, I i totally agree tim like it's it's been an unrelenting onslaught it just it's not stopping and <laughs> as we've <laughs> well, as we've seen like from the the, the teases and it's it's if anything, it's going to get more intense. Well, I just don't know what else they can reveal this year. There's there's has Hasbro PulseCon in at the end of September here, and as far as I'm concerned, they should be done for the year. <laughs> like there shouldn't be anything less left to reveal. And you start counting up the Black Series and the Marvel Legends and the Vintage Collection for you and all that, and it's like, wait a minute, <laughs> we've gotten like four years worth of stuff. Remember complaining, oh, there's no waves coming, there's nothing on the pegs, and this is just like, okay, Hasbro, can you please just you know pump the brakes a little bit? <laughs> so it's a bit much. It's but... a non-movie year. Slow it down. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, what are you anyway. gonna do next year? <laughs> oh God, I yeah, in a year where I thought this was gonna be a break, a bit of a mm -hmm. slowdown year. I can't say that anymore. Like, I maybe hope 2021 might do that as well, but probably not. They're probably going to punch us even harder. Yeah, well, they got to build into the re the Return of the Jedi celebration here in a couple of years. They've got a they've got also you know lagging Empire Strikes Back celebration, and oh, we're gonna go look at the prequels again because we love the prequel. Oh, it's gonna be nuts. There's All gonna be an, there's gonna be an onslaught of clones in in 2022. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Absolutely. Mando stuff. It's, it's nuts, man. They, they've got, even though they don't have this new arena with regards to the films to play with, they've still got, you know, a mountain of stuff. It's, to it's still here. a big sandbox. Uh, it's huge. Huge. Well, anyway, uh, before we get into Star Wars, I want to give a big fat congrats to Marie for winning the Star Wars trivia contest at Dragon Bravo. Con. Bravo, awesome. Marie. That is unbelievable. That like that is not a like rinky dink Mickey Mouse competition. Like you had Alex and Molly there, you had uh, Miles, the ten year old or eleven year old phenom. Like there were some heavy hitters in the trivia world there, and Marie rose above them all. She took it. She took it from them. It was I I, I didn't watch the whole thing. I was dealing with my kids this afternoon, but I did watch like two thirds of it, and she took it. Like she endured. She stuck it out. Those questions that they get asked are ridiculous. It's next level. Like I feel so, such like an inferior Star Wars person when I'm watching those because I I probably couldn't even claw my way through like a trivial pursuit Star Wars question like in any real capacity. And then the stuff they're answering is like, whoa, like <laughs> where did that come from? Well, and that's where you find out like 
these these people all study and they all like they'll watch shows they'll take notes they'll read the books they'll take notes it's all about filling in your head with these facts and these little tidbits but again that sandbox like where do you go and you got it you have to delve into all of it and and to marie's credit she reads all the books all the comics she watches all the shows all the movies everything and man oh man like i was watching these questions I don't know how many. I don't think I had any of the questions right. The only section of the whole competition I did well is when they did the. Uh, they would show like a, a, a image of Padme in a costume and said, "Well, if you were Padme right now, would you be doing this or that based on the costume she was wearing <laughs> in either movie or an animated show?" And that I rocked. I got all that right. But otherwise, holy cow! Naming the the members of of D Squad. Who was flying the the bomber that dropped a bomb on the Zillow Beast, which is the question that Marie uh, won won uh, the tr- the competition on? Wow, crazy! So anyway, hats off, Marie. Way to go! Oh, I, I just want to clarify. So Marie reads all the books. She's not a fake fan. <laughs> she she is she's a real fan, Carlos. <laughs> a real fan. It's funny because you put that in the DM or the message board on the Force Friday. Uh, when Kyle and I were doing the panel about the collecting, and someone in there, I, they didn't understand the give and take between you and Rick. And someone was like, "Whoa, like you know, that's going a bit far." I, I didn't even see that. I'm sorry. That, that's <laughs> gatekeeping. Not a big deal, man. but <laughs> it's just not knowing the interaction between yourself and Rick and all that 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 whole thing. And you know, and then Rick goes on and does this incredible panel about mental health and Star Wars and all this. And it, it's funny just that that give and take that you guys have and how if you don't get it, you might think that this is a, a bit offensive in in the Star Wars world, especially in Force Fest. They're trying to keep a real lid on anything that was even close to not being this massively positive <laughs> message or anything. So it was, well, it was I, have noth- I have nothing but kind words for both Mark and Kevin. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I think everybody saw through all that, but uh, no, for sure. It was fun though. Like, um, you know, sometimes, yeah, the, I get it. I guess the inside jokes, like not everybody's, not everybody's uh, <laughs> there for that, but uh, hey, it makes me smile. <laughs> I think that's what matters. 100%. Making a smile. That's that's what this is all for. Yeah. So, Tim, uh, wh- how was your week? I know you guys do the weekend nerd. Well, how oh, was your weekend nerd or weekend and nerd? What's what's been going on in Tim's world? You know, Labor Day weekend up here. Long weekend. It's it's been a slow one for me though, guys. I gotta say, we did venture out and get a brand new dog. I don't know if that counts for for collecting, but nonetheless, <laughs> my uh, my free uh my three ladies in the house finally convinced me that we needed a dog and so here we are we're two days into an eight week old puppy and so oh <laughs> it's like having a newborn again yes <laughs> i just got out of the newborn stage so no that's it's good so that was that was a big acquisition for this week but what that's done is it actually pushed out me doing a bit of the hunt because i haven't been able to get out and i'm heading on a little bit of a retro toy hunt tomorrow we found a an individual here that has a garage that he set up like a store, like a full store, but it's packed full of retro toys like turtles, Star Wars, everything. Carlos was down doing a little recon a few weeks ago and I contacted the guy and he's going to slide open his garage for me tomorrow and, and let me wander around in there and see if there's anything of, of value for me. And hopefully I'll be able to walk away with a, a few vintage Star Wars figures as I'm trying to fill some of that out or even Power of the Force too, man. It's, it's another line that, 
I'm now relooking at to see if I can find anything that's you know in that two to five dollar range that I can fill up this detail with because I, I do love those action figures and they do have a special place in my collection but other than that the retro and the look back it, it's it's been slow man it's it's I've seen all of the new black series on the pegs like the Akbar and all that but I didn't pull this is at my local I didn't pull the trigger on any of them Whew. they've subsequently gone up in price there they're almost at 32 dollars yeah, 32.99 now for us yeah, that's the same thing. And he matches, my, my local guy, he matches whatever the stores are doing. He doesn't go above or anything like that, especially with Star Wars stuff. And so I'm really taking a step back because, you know, as we are just talking, this onslaught of Black Series is to the point where I'm like, okay, I really have to start picking and choosing what I do here. Before I was all in, now it's like, okay, what avenues can I reasonably consume in the Black Series space but also still have room to collect turtles and all this kind of retro stuff that I'm doing. And so I haven't really figured out what my plan is, but I, I just had to take a step back and say, okay, it, it's just a bit much. And I hate to be the guy that's saying, oh, we've got too much when I was probably the guy two years ago saying we don't have enough. <laughs> and, you know, it's not Hasbro's fault. Like they delivered what the fans want, I think. And I think Hasbro in a big way, even throughout the pandemic here, has continued to deliver top-notch figures and get them to people now it's been mostly online and yes we've had issues with amazon and things being canceled and all that but nonetheless like we're getting everything from a beskar mando to a zeb that we've been asking for for years to an akbar to it gets crazy and they have all these exclusives at this hasbro pulse con that are coming out this heroes of endor set which is luke leia han and an ewok like there's so much coming but right now it's i just look at it and be like i I can't do it. I can't buy everything. I can't spread my money so thin that I'm not able to do legends or I'm not able to do other things. And so that's where I think my my biggest setback in collecting has been is that I'm seeing stuff and people are pining for it. And I know Corey and I sent a message. I said, dude, just let me know what you want and I can grab it. But here's the price points and here's what's available. But it's hard, man. I don't know if you guys are struggling with the same thing. And like, I don't do the vintage collection or anything like that. No three, three quarter inch in the new stuff. But I don't know. That's that's where my almost my collecting d dilemma is really is is what do I collect now? It went from I can't get anything to now. What do I need? You know, I've always had that idea of we need this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but now, but now I'm thinking like, how much of it do I need? Well, <laughs> so it, it's, it's just a tough one. It's, it's really intense. And I'm, I'm puzzled as to why so much is coming so furiously. There has to be a reason for it because it's one wave after another, after another, after another. And it's like we talked about last week on the panel, the product is, is fantastic. Phenomenal. Really good stuff, but it's, it's, it's too much. <laughs> I can't, like there's no, there's no way I can keep up with it. And I know, like, and I think, sorry, some of it might be that that Hasbro. I think their last two quarterly earning calls and that they've done have been pretty poor, and so you've seen them transition into this fan first Friday. They've really leaned into GI Joe and Transformers, and then Stars and Marvel. Like Marvel hasn't done any MCU stuff, but their comic ways have been coming fast and furious, almost at the same pace as the Black series. So if you walk between any of those lines, it's coming at you like crazy. And I think a lot of it is get the product out there, get the consumption going and show some good results in this really crappy 2020, right? 
Like they just have to survive through this because they have investors like everyone else and they have to show some sort of profitability. And the way to do that is to get this stuff on there and rely on the collectors. Like we said in the panel, right? Hasbro's become a collector focused company for driving, you know, a lot of this consumership. And here we are saying there's too much of it, but we're still buying it. (laughs) (laughs) Making it future Tim, future Kyle, future everybody's problem. Yeah. Well, and it's even beyond that for the fu- like the future us problem is I say I sit here now and say it's too much I can't get some of it. But we all know in 2 years I'm going to really regret this decision and I have of to go course. back and pay yeah, 40 absolutely. 45 dollars for these figures and I'm going to be really <laughs> frustrated that I just didn't do it now. Cuz it's 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 harder to gauge. I think, you know, 2 3 years ago when Black Series figures were hitting the pegs, there was a good chance that it would be a peg warmer. And I feel like, I don't know that this, I have no idea, actually, but it feels like when they go, they go. Mm -hmm. And you better hope for a re-release or an archive figure or something like that. Because if you don't pick it up, you've missed your boat. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. The the only thing that peg-warmed in any capacity were really the sequel trilogy stuff. Any OT figure and even Rebel stuff and all that, it disappears. It's gone. Any troop building type of stuff, gone. And so it's really just those handful of, of sequel trilogy stuff that, that stuck around in any real volume. And most of it was the Rogue One stuff because they really laid oh. into that as being, you know, the follow up oh, to TFA where everything disappeared. And then they thought, OK, Star Wars, we can put boom, right? As many figures as you want. And that's where like setback was, right? That was really the beginning of the three and three quarter inch demise as well. Yes, yeah. because they went all in on Star Wars. And they found out that, you know, TFA was a special event. And if this is coming every year like this, and we've built into some different type of monster now. But uh, it's funny because it's a double-edged sword because I love it. But then it's like, okay, we have to pay a mortgage or (laughs) buy two cases of Black Series. (laughs) (laughs) Honey, honey, it's an investment. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I always say to her, I'm never going to sell many things. It's not an investment if you're never going to sell it. It's true. (laughs) Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Uh, Carlos, what's going on with you, man? Uh, with me, I've been uh, actively on uh, the Kijiji hunt for s- some of these um, uh, TIE fighters that uh, I kind of want in double just to fill out the shelves uh, a little bit. And um, yeah, so I've, I'm, I'm driving hard bargains to try to get the stuff that I want at my price. Um and I was checking online on the Lego.com, and um, because I had slept on um, the September first date uh, for the releases of the new sets, uh, so I wanted to uh, get my uh, AT-AT, and uh, they were all sold out on the Lego store. And it actually says on the site, I'm looking at it, temporarily out of stock, uh, and some other um, sets are actually just completely sold out altogether. So uh, I decided this morning that I was going to actually go into the store and uh, pick up the Razor Crest because Man, it was I totally forgot that was out. <laughs> yeah, it was it was still available, and uh, so I, I moseyed on over to the to the Lego store. I walked in and I saw the display of the Razor Crest. They had like they had like, uh, maybe a dozen of them there. So I was like, cool. I just wanted to go see on the shelves if there was anything. Uh, maybe special that dropped like a couple of years ago. I picked up that sand speeder that they didn't even announce that they were going to release it. Like I only mm-hmm. saw it 
the day that it came out in the in the Lego store itself, and I, and I grabbed it. So I always I always go to the shelves to check. Uh, never take uh, what's on the website for granted. And then I look behind the counter, and there's an ATAT there. Oh, so I'm like, nice. <laughs> so I'm there. I'm like, uh, is uh, do you have any more? Like, is is that the only one? He's like, yeah, it's our last one. I'm like, okay, well, it's mine. So he's like, okay, okay cool. I'll leave it there for you. And then I perused the shelves and I, I talked with my uh, my Lego buddy Steve, um, and uh, yeah, we had a nice conversation and uh, talked about collecting and stuff and about the the the, the best bin duel the that was supposed to be a, a celebration exclusive, which is completely sold out. They're not making any more. That's gonna be tough to uh, get. Oh yeah, I, it's I, I didn't even know that was coming out either. Like I saw that, I saw an image of that. I don't know if you sent it to me or not, but it's a gorgeous set. I definitely sent it to you. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, it was tough, man. It was, uh, you know what? And like I said, I slept on it. Like it came out on August 27th and, um, for the A-wing I was on at midnight. And for this one, I was just like, I'm too tired. Like I, I, mm -hmm. I just had a birthday and like the clock ticked over and I need my beauty sleep. Like <laughs> 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 I couldn't stay up. And then in the morning when I went to go check, it was already sold out. It was on uh, back order and then quickly became sold out. So. It is what it is. I might go back and uh, see if I can get it aftermarket, but um, I only wanted it because it's a 40th anniversary of Empire type mm -hmm. of, you know, box decal and stuff. But um, it's it's not that important. It's not really gonna make or break my my shelves in any way whatsoever. So I'm happy I got that ATAT uh, to go next to my um, next to the Slave One and and complete that Empire that empire shelf that I'm trying to put together. Um, and uh, now I'm up to uh, 95 bo <laughs> bonus dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, next purchase is going to be the, um, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get the Razor Crest. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you are. Of course. It's not, it's more expensive than I thought it was going to be. Uh, 160 bucks Canadian. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Once. Yeah. But, and it's a hundred, it's a thousand and fifty three pieces, but it's bigger than people assume. And it's heavy. It's a well-made ship. That might, that might be my shortcoming on it, is that I just thought it was a lot smaller. Because I literally have a space on my shelf for it. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, 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 telling, I'm telling you now. It's, it's, um, even when I picked up the box, I'm like, ooh, this is hefty. Like, it's, uh, it's a decent-sized box. So, uh, you know, like, my, like uh, the, the size box of the AT-AT for 1,267 pieces is the same size box as my U, uh, UCS A-Wing at 1,600 pieces. Mm -hmm. There's a 400-piece disparity, and the weight is almost similar. So sometimes, you know, you're paying for the weight in plastic. Sometimes the piece count isn't necessarily yeah. uh, what, what, you're, what you're getting. And um, although, I mean, Lego is getting more expensive uh, and especially now with uh, exchange rates and uh, and tariffs and and things of that nature, it's 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 not as easy to um, to justify sometimes the price tag on on certain certain elements. And uh, I, I'm in the Lego Collector Canada group on Facebook, and one guy actually um, asked if four hundred dollars for the Betrayal at Cloud City Master Builder series was worth four hundred dollars, and I and I'm like, well. I mean, that's subjective because if you're getting it new in box, do you want to spend that money to have that set? Or are you looking for a deal? 
Because if you love the set, I don't think it matters if it's four, four twenty, or four fifty. If you want it, then it's worth the money. Mm-hmm. You know. So obviously, if it's used and there's missing minifigs, then you get to weigh it a little bit more as to whether or not you want to have that set as a collector. But if you love the set, like I, I was able to get the UCS uh, Tie Fighter used for two fifty five. Um, for me, it was worth that because I, I wanted the UCS set so badly. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's always a markup you're willing to pay for these things, right? To have it yeah. into your collection. And, and at some point you just, you have to accept the fact that you're not going to get it at the price point that you wanted, or you pay a little extra and you have it. It's, it's kind of part of the game. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes you're paying over market, but it's still less than what you would have paid for mm-hmm. because you really, really wanted it. So I, 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 it's, it's tough to, it's tough to answer those questions other than, do you really want it? Like if in two years you come back and you say you really want it and now it's at 500, yeah. you're, are you going to kick yourself that you didn't get it at four? <laughs> Cause that's what it's going to be. Lego just increases in value. It just does. There's, there's no rhyme or reason. It's not gold, but that's the way collectors are when it comes to Lego. It just becomes more and more valuable. So, and and the set is already retired. I told like if if you jump on it, it's it's pretty much the asking price. Well, and that's what's so interesting about Lego, right? Is that it creates this weird paradigm where it's available and readily available for such a long time in some cases, but then it's retired and it disappears. And as soon as they slap that retired thing on it, bye bye, like it's gone, and, right? And, and the and the silly part about it is that. You can go to Walmart and get it on rollback for way more than 20% off. And mm-hmm. then two two weeks later, the value that's set on BrickLink is four times that amount. Yeah. It's 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 I mean, I, I look at myself, I look at Krennic Shuttle. Okay, it was a Black Friday deal. I got it at 60 bucks. I was lucky. I think there was one or two in store. And when I got there, there was one left. So I I, re- I really got lucky when I picked up Krennic Shuttle at $60. That's a 50% markdown. And now I could sell it used for 180. Yeah, that's that's it's it's insane. just and I won't. I won't. It's worth more to me than that money. Like I, I love that ship. So it, it's it, it re, it's really all in the eye of the beholder. Um and the cool thing about Lego is that you don't need to have it mint on card. You know, it, it, it the creases in the box really doesn't matter. It's not. It doesn't really affect the value of the bricks itself, um, unless you're you're selling new in box and the boxes beat the crap. Like then it's a different story. But you're still gonna get at least MSRP on a set that's like that, mm-hmm. you know, and probably twenty percent over that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just uh, you know keep uh, getting some of these sh- like the Razor Crest man. <laughs> it's so nice and it's heavy and everybody who gets it says they were excited to get it. And they're happier now than they thought they would be, which is that that says a lot. Um, uh, yeah, to drop a chunk know. of change like that and go, I'm I'm happy that I'm two hundred dollars poorer today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like exactly. that. It says a lot about that set. Anyway, so mm-hmm. my only question now is, do I redeem my VIP points to get the Razor Crest, or do I get the Razor Crest and then get? The buildable character of the baby Yoda, which is coming out on October first. 
that option. Option B is what I would vote for. And I'll get it like I'll get it for free at that point. Yeah. So and and I need I mean I I don't need it because I didn't buy the Yoda right I was hesitating on the Yoda I just kind of do don't need it. <laughs> I don't like the Yoda's face it's kind of weird and he's holding the lightsaber like Attack of the Clones Yoda I'm I'm not but the baby Yoda I don't know if you guys saw the HD pictures that were just released a couple of days ago man that thing is fadorable. <laughs> Like I, I need, I need it. I have the Dio. I have the, I have the pork. I have the BB. I need. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I, I need it. I, it has to go with all those beautiful little guys. Yeah, it's they the got chubby they got cheeks. You. They got. Yeah, you. it is. Did you see? Oh it? wow! Yeah, I just pulled it up here. It's the chubby oh, cheeks. My daughter's gonna lose her mind when she sees this. <laughs> Dude, it's perfect. Honestly, it's I think really I have to get perfect. This. What was that gonna go for? About I think bucks? it's, I, I think it's eighty US, and. It might be between 100 and 120, depending on what they value the exchange rate these days at. Oh my, that is a that's a gorgeous set. Ah, I've never done the bus or anything like that, but you're right. This thing, it's all <laughs> in the cheeks and the mouth. It's got this like pouty little mouth <laughs> and the ears. Actually, I don't know, Kyle, have you seen it? Like the the ears, you can actually pose them differently. No, oh boy. boy. Yes, <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I'm oh, uh, like I Ugh. I know I'm getting it. I just don't know. Do I get it at $95 off or do I get it at the full price off? Because I kind of want both the Razor Crest and, and this thing. I mean, either well, way, you either way, you're spending, you're buying both. See, who cares? You're buying both. You're saving 95 bucks no matter what in any yeah. scenario. Yeah. But I, I feel like it's, it's get the Razor Crest and then get this for free, right? Instead of getting half of the Razor Crest and then paying more and then going and paying for. The child, is this yeah. a full size bus too, or not even a bus? Full size. It's a child? thousand. Uh, I think holy it's a thousand three hundred pieces. So it's uh, kind of uh, in the realm of like the the Porg and uh, and BB-8 in that area. That oh man, that's adorable. <laughs> if, what was the word you use there? Fedorable. Sorry, what? Fedorable. Fedorable. Yeah. <laughs> it always feels good to get something for free. So. Yes, I agree, man. There's nothing like, just think this, what tastes better, a beer you bought or a beer that was free? The free one always tastes better. Of course. The, 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 colder, the colder one. Doesn't matter, man. <laughs> free beer tastes better. <laughs> cool. Anyway, so yeah, so that's uh, that's where I'm at with uh, with that. So yeah, and I, I, I was holding off on the Brickhead Mandalorian and, and Baby Yoda because I know I'm going to get it and it's going to be around for a while, which which is the benefit of, of being a, a Lego collector is that it's going to be around per, for the next year at least. And uh, so I, I don't have to uh, run out and, and get it right away. Uh, I could pick it up from the Lego store and, and still get my points for it. So it's, um, I'm going to have a little, I, I was hesitating, seriously, really, really hesitating on whether to get the, uh, the Mandalorian stuff. Uh, but uh, I got a, a line on Kijiji for uh, the ATST Raider at forty dollars new, and uh, so I, I think I'm I think I'm going all in for that stuff too. There you go. Oh, I got the ATST. It's a it's a great set. <laughs> it's a great set. It's, yeah, uh, I love it. And the Kijiji game, man, ain't no shame in your figure no. game. Oh at God, that point. no. That's... No, wherever you no, can find it. Especially if you could get it new in box, like why yeah. not, right? Like it's, I mean, at that point, look, I got the, um, I got Von Regs 
uh, TIE Fighter on Kijiji. I got Paul Dameron, uh, the X-Wing on Kijiji. I got uh, the uh, Dorito TIE Fighter on Kijiji. <laughs> <laughs> like, and uh, all below MSRP. It's like, why spend more to get 5% off when I could save 30? Like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. As a collector, if you're not on your local Kijiji, get on it. Because I, I've honestly saved a ton of money just doing local Kijiji pickups. Just even on like Marvel Legends and Black Series, just getting stuff for 20 bucks that retail for 30 and that are going online for 40 some places. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And it's people just looking on load stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and I kind of feel bad. Like, there, uh, like you could tell uh, by so, some people's profiles that like they're they're mm-hmm. on hard times. But at, yeah. you know what? Like, I'd rather give them the money. You know, like I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lend them money to get through their week so that next week they're gonna have to sell it anyways. Like, well, you, well. you're not ripping anyone off, right? You're paying them. Like we yeah. all try to bargain a bit on Kijiji, but ultimately you throw a bit in that you meet halfway, right? So you're yeah. still you know, 10, 15 bucks below what they're asking. And ultimately it's, it's not like you're going in and robbing them. <laughs> I've and done it's, that. It's too expected. Well. It's expected. <laughs> you, you go to these Do sites, you, you have to expect that people are going to lowball you at some point and you're going to have to negotiate your way. If you want it sold, you might have to let it go for a little bit less than you what you're asking. Yeah. Like my, my, this, my, my little buildable R2, uh, the, uh, this little guy there, I have it on my desk. Like these things were a gift with purchase uh, in 2017, uh, 2017 on May the 4th. Um, and they're going for 40. Crazy. Each one of these. Crazy. I got I got two for 30. The wow. guy was asking 60. I'm like, you're never going to get it, dude. Like mm-hmm. you're never going to. And you know what? He probably would have. But he want he, like I convinced him and I, I don't feel bad about it. Like what? <laughs> Well, and two with the Kijiji game, you have to be willing to let stuff go, right? You can't get into this unless it's some crazy thing you've never seen. You have to be able to. Yeah, if you really want your price, you put it on eBay. Like, yeah, exactly. Kijiji is not the spot where where you're you're going to like not be. Yeah, you can't, you can't be. All. You can't be hardball. No. no. Cool. I, and and when they are, I walk away. Like it's just it's fine. It's not it's not meant for me. It's yeah. not mine. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, yeah there's that's no problem mine. saying, "Hey, man, good luck," and you just. Yeah, move on. Yeah. What about you, Cop Man? What do you What are you saying these days in, in collecting? Well, um, well, I mean, the force was strong here this week. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, jeez, um, a lot of Amazon packages. <laughs> well, not necessarily that. Just like in just in being in Star Wars, like in the, in our house this past week, we watched episodes one, three, five, six, seven, eight, and nine. Wow. Actually, and I say episode eight people who've listened for a while have known that we've gone since 2019 right before rise of skywalker came out that was when we last watched the last jedi here and because i i've just kind of let it go that i'll let the kids when they want to watch star wars the kids can choose the movie i'll just let them pick and throughout 2020 so far we've watched a ton of star wars movies and for some reason the last jedi always got skipped always until this past week my son picked it twice and i think i planted the seed i try not to influence the choice but he kept asking me rise of skywalker questions and i was like hey buddy sounds like you need to watch the last jedi again <laughs> the answer's in that movie and so lo and behold he puts on the last jedi and watched it twice last week so that was cool um 
But yeah, I did get some stuff that arrived finally. Uh, books. Books that I won't read for a couple of years, but uh, I'll, I'll give it a good go. Uh, Queen's Peril, pick that up. Uh, the Clone Wars book that recently came out, Stories of Light and Dark. Can't wait to get into that. And the Myth and Fables book, which I've already... Th- th- those make great bedtime stories with your kids. I've already gone through... and uh, That's one way to get myself to read it, is to take it to bed with the kids and say, let's read a story. And it was... We read the first one. It was really cool. Really, really cool. Uh, so looking forward to reading that all the way through. Uh, and then collecting-wise, I got uh, the, my third wave of the 40th anniversary collection. Man, you're still into that? Oh. The weird part is that I have... <laughs> okay, this has all been... This is all pre-orders. I'm not buying anything off the pegs at Walmart or Toys R Us. Just give me the give me the pre-order. I received my third wave before the second wave. Makes sense. I, makes right, like of course Hasbro. Thanks a lot, and but I've ordered. I ordered each from separate indie toy retailers. Like I want to try and spread it around a little bit until I find the guy who is like a lock, uh, and I've. I think I have found my guy, but so the the other guy, <laughs> who is far from a lock, uh, he is. I, I emailed him. I'm like, dude. I just got my third wave. You're sitting on my second wave. Like, are you going to send it ever? And he's like, well, I don't have them. And I said, How do you not like, I get Hasbro is a bit of a hit and miss these days, but it just, I'm not in the industry. I don't get how it works, but please explain to me how everybody is getting their third wave when so many people still don't have their second. It doesn't make any sense to me. So, yeah, there's that big hole in the line that I've got sitting there, and I, I have no idea when it's going to get filled. I wonder if that was a COVID thing. Like, I have this like perception that there was just containers full of action figures sitting somewhere for months, and a lot of this third wave stuff. Because especially this stuff, it's kind of come piecemeal. Like, if you looked on Amazon, the R2 that's in the second wave, I think, popped up before the first wave was even available. Bizarre and. And I feel like some of it was Hasbro, whomever said, okay, we need some product, ship over what whatever you have out. And that was a lot of the third wave production stuff. And well, the second was on a boat in the middle of the Pacific, just bobbing there <laughs> until it was allowed to dock on port. And then it sat in port for two months. And so I think there's a there's probably just like stuff that was just filled to the brim and sat for like just until it was allowed to come through or until they cleared the backlog of a month's worth of shipping containers. <laughs> like that's, that's what I think happened with all this stuff and why it's coming fast and furious all of a sudden. And cause I know they do, or some companies will pay to fly over stuff oh, and others God. are Can you imagine over flying in pallets and containers of stuff. Like what that must cost to fly it oh, in. Uh, Holy unbelievable. Cow. I know there's, I listened to a couple, uh, a couple guys that do a wrestling figure collecting podcast and they, there's a store in New York that flies over pays to ship them via plane or whatever but they get the figures like sometimes two months before they hit retail and they they, they have there's a there's an uplift right so if you pay 25 bucks they might charge you 32 but you're paying for that you're the guy that has it two months before everyone else yeah, you can, so there's a you can still flip that. that right? on, you could, if you're if you're one of those oh, guys, yeah. you could flip put it on eBay and get quadruple just to yeah. send it to another guy who wants to be the guy to have it first. Yeah, so you're talking like months in difference of shipping via plane and boat. 
Yep. Like it's like a six week sale, right? And then you got to get it through customs and then blah, blah, blah. Right. And so it's an interesting game. So I think that might what happens sometimes. Like I'm, I'm certain Walmart doesn't pay to fly their stuff over. (laughs) (laughs) But some of these small shops, I think do. Well, speaking of stuff on the ocean, uh, this comes from Yakface. So he's got news that the next wave of Black Series figures is on the ocean right now. Oh boy! And this is—it's—it's a—it's a, it's a wave that, uh, Tim, <laughs> it's gonna—it's gonna hurt you. So it's a case. It's got eight figures in it, one each. It's got a Cad Bane. I saw that. It's got a Luke Skywalker. It's got an Armorer. It's got Leia from Return of the Jedi, as well as Han. It's got an incinerator troop from the Mando, an unidentified clone trooper from the Clone Wars, as well as a Hoth Rebel trooper for those guys who want to build up a little army. But man, oh man, (laughs) I don't know what to do anymore. And these are all one per case. So It's it's September, dude. It's not even the holiday season yet. (laughs) Well, to be fair, like this, if this is headed to the U.S. now, this probably for us is not coming for another couple months, but yeah, that's true, which is fine. I can wait, but to, you know, to be honest and looking at this wave, anything that says return of the Jedi, I think I'm going to just pump the brakes on because I'm just going to wait for that 30th anniversary wave in 2023. The repacking it's going to happen for sure. So I'll, it'll be tough to look at those glorious Leia's and Han's on the pegs. Nope, not going to do it, but that Cad Bane, it, that's got to be a must. If I can't somehow snag the uh, the con exclusive, that's going to be yeah, going the up. European con. Oh yeah. God, that I saw a re- unboxing video of that this past weekend. Good lord, is that thing gorgeous? Holy cow! Yeah. So I got to yeah, get. And that. that was a figure that had been rumored for a while too. Yeah, that it was dying coming. for that. Dying for that thing. Uh, the the armor that's a, that's a must. That's that's an automatic. Um, incinerator trooper, probably that's that's probably coming home, but. I don't know. I, I try and look at this and go, which if they're all one per box, I got to I, I is the Hoth Rebel Trooper going to be the uh, the peg warmer? I don't think any of them are going to be, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think because right. it's it's a troop builder, right? Yeah. The the one in there that's been released a couple of times because they were shipping cases too of the ESB 40th anniversary card back six inch Rebel Hoth Troopers. So because they come with head swaps and all this stuff. So you can make yeah. like three or four different troopers for that one figure. And so it's very much a, a digestible purchase for those that like to troop build and show the variants off in their collection. And so I, I honestly don't think any of this stuff is. And it's crazy to me. It's funny you point out the, the Return of the Jedi stuff. They're already building for a three, four wave Return of the Jedi vintage card back stuff with what's coming out. You yep. look even the last wave with Akbar and the Ewok and you know what I mean? Like this is the first time we're seeing Return of the Jedi visited in quite some time. We only have a very few figures from Return in the line currently. There was that exclusive Luke, the Walmart exclusive from a year or so ago. There's I'm just looking back up at my shelf here. They had the the re-releasing the Gamorian Guard as well. These all look to me to be stuff that we're going to see two, three yeah. years from now. <laughs> we definitely are. <laughs> so I'm not touching that stuff for now. Well, and it's a good point. It's good advice for collectors. Like you can sit on some of this stuff because you know it's coming again, right? They did the same thing with the Hoth stuff. And we're now getting the Wampa re-released. We had the Snowtrooper repack. It's it's all coming again. So they're, they're definitely repackaging this stuff with a purpose, right? And to, to nail us twice. For and, sure. And I, I'm... 
that's I'm kind of caught there now. So I'm like the stuff that I've purchased in on the, in the black box set from Empire that got re-released on the vintage with the 40th anniversary set. Uh, now I'm thinking, what do I do now? I've got it. I've got the figure twice. I don't really need it twice. Do I open? Do I trade? Do I sell? I, I, now I'm stuck. <laughs> yeah, because I, I pumped the brakes on the, the ESB 40th stuff after the first wave. Because the first wave had quite a few figures that I hadn't bought in the red card backs yet. And so they're all new figures for me. And But once we got to the second wave, we got the Vader, the Chewbacca, the R2. I know yeah. the R2 had a, a bit of different paint apps on it. But, you know, I, I've paid, I have three Yodas now, right? And it's not even <laughs> technically worth $30 because it's so small compared to some of the exactly. other plastic that we've got. But well, nonetheless, the, This 40th I, anniversary for set for Empire has three different Lukes. It's like, yeah, come on, guys. Like, people are kind of bummed out that, you know, we just got in the archive line, like bounty hunters, right? Bosk and Dengar, uh, no, no mm -hmm. Dengar, Bosk, IG-88 and Boba Fett all came out via archive line. Well, why didn't they save that for the empire 40th anniversary instead of giving us like how cool Luke's? would that have been? Right. Like that, that screams convention exclusive too, is the bounty hunter. Well, like, they, they up, did right? that with four Just... and Zuckus, but they, you're yeah, right. But they could have like, done a I'm box set. They could have done a set yeah. of like all five, six bounty hunters, put them all in one con exclusive set. You're right. Anyway, um, also Yak Face, he didn't put this on his site, which I take to mean that he doesn't have any solid info on it, but he posted a picture on his Twitter feed of the Razor Crest and said, landing soon, uh, with a bunch of hashtags, but one of them being the Vintage Collection. And, uh... That's wow. a gimme, man. That's a layup. <laughs> like, there, I'm, that's... Yeah. $200 easily spent. I've seen the slave one in stores. It's gorgeous. I haven't pulled the trigger. I'm not going to. But if I see that Razor Crest in vintage collection form, it's done. I'm buying that for sure. I don't care how jobless I am. I'm buying it. Save the powder for the Razor Crest, man. Oh, God. That's going to be a, such a gorgeous set. Oh, my goodness. With Oh, I can't even stop thinking about it. Uh, and then, of course, there's uh, the, the Hascon thing that's coming up in a couple weeks' time. A two-day event, and mm -hmm. two. I, I like. I think it's gonna be two days of torture to watch, especially for you, Tim, because now you're into the other lines. And actually, for Hasbro, I guess it's, you're still. Well, you're. God, that's Marvel Legends too. Yeah, so it's Marvel and Star Wars for me in that one, and I'm hoping I get some MCU love oh, at this boy. one. Yeah, that's that's two days of torture for you. Yeah. Well, I'm lucky I don't do Joe or Transformers or the Rangers. I know Troy dips into some of those lines and. Yikes. It can it can be scary, and I know my dude grabs. He's he's been jumping headfirst into this Joe line as well. He kind of he drew his line and then he jumped right over. Of course it. he did. <laughs> of course you can't. It's Which like I love. I love. You you rip open a bag of chips. You're not going to have just one. Yeah, yeah. There's you, a whole yeah whole marketing campaign based on. <laughs> absolutely. So yeah, and this maybe that's going to be where they unveil officially the Razor Crest Vintage Collection. That seems like a perfect place. Oh yeah. Space for yeah. it. So bring it on. Give it to me. Um, okay. Uh, so like we said before, like we are now a week out from force fest, uh, a week out from where celebration should have happened, uh, two weeks out from what you guys talked about with DC fandom over at the nerd room. Uh, and then and later this week, star Trek has a one day virtual event happening. And so there's a trend here. And yet, uh, our friends at Lucasfilm and Disney saw it fit to not give us anything virtual or otherwise in the way of cons or even news and 
I'm honestly, I'm at a bit of a loss. Like, I don't know what the strategy is. I don't know why they decided not to do anything virtually this year. When you look at what DC did, changing the game with yeah. with that, absolutely flipping everything upside down. Um, I, I love everything they did with it. You guys talked about it at length, and everybody should go check out what you guys talked about for Fandom. Uh, it was a flawless event. It really was, and and the, the the slate that they've got looks tight, looks promising. They owned the weekend. They owned the conversation of mm-hmm. nerddom for two, three days, maybe a week. Yeah. Right, and it's like other brands probably looking at this. Maybe they're letting DC just be the guinea pig, and they're going to take notes and watch how they did it and then improve on that model. But, boy, you guys said it, Like, and I, I was thinking this too. The the con, the SDCC, the Salt Lake City cons, they're in trouble. Yeah, because all these time. Marvels, Star Wars, they're all gonna go we we'll just we'll just own a weekend for ourselves. We don't have to share this this spotlight with anybody. And I, they'll still go, but I'm sure like at a comic con, let's talk about comics. Let's do like reveals of merch or books. They'll save the big stuff for their own events that they'll they'll inevitably do. So that, that's it's gonna, gonna happen. it's gonna become like movie releases, right? Is you you window yourself when your virtual convention is. Yep. And you try to own the weekend. That's the whole concept of this. And it, I I find I'm a bit perplexed myself too, and I find myself wondering what Disney's doing right now, because they've always been on the forefront of innovation, and especially moving into this space. Yeah, they followed suit with Netflix a bit, but their their whole idea of marketing is is based in progressing the next thing yep and for some reason they've been on their heels with all this and and i don't know is it because they're waiting to figure out if this whole digital platform when it comes to releases actually works are they sitting on something where you know we've got mulan debuted this weekend on disney plus with that that premier access or whatever is premium access are they waiting for for some sort of indication as to what their slate's actually going to look like? Like, are they hoping that it goes one way or another? Because DC and Warner Media have committed to the theater going experience. They released Tenet in the theaters this past weekend. They said One Woman eighty four at DC Phantoms coming out in theaters, and so they've committed to a path. And I'm not sure Disney has that level of at least planning to what their next steps are they don't have that foresight or that understanding as to what the what disney plus is relative to what the theater experience is anymore and i think they might just be waiting because this is this like d23 is exactly this yeah, <laughs> you is. know what i mean yeah like it's they they're also they have the technology for it. they have the people they have the capacity they have the volume of content that they could pull from marvel star wars you know what I mean? Pixar, everything. They have enough content to fill two solid days of of content. Like DC did it with just DC, just their film and TV stuff, and more or less their film stuff. And like Disney has more than enough content to show, even with what was filmed pre-pandemic, to give a, a teaser for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, for WandaVision, for all this stuff. And and I don't know what they're doing, right? It's even with this trailer that we're going to talk about or this, you know, announcement. Where's the trailer? <laughs> Where is it? For Mando season two, like, they, they, it's done. Like, Favreau signed off on this thing as far as I'm concerned, right? It's it's ready to go. It's half-loaded into Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, I 
they are sitting. All things Marvel and Star Wars right now seem to be in a state of limbo or suspended animation. It's just like nothing's. That's happening. why I think it's on purpose. It has it's because be. we've got nothing from Star Wars and nothing from the MCU in particular. Which, in the past, they wouldn't let you forget about the MCU for more than two weeks. No, you were bombarded like, constantly. You, you, their their cycle and their whole storytelling and the narrative that they spun, it was all about you being in the know and you never forgetting about the MCU. Yep. And what's coming next? What's coming next? That was always the big thing. And now we're over a year out from the last MCU film in Spider-Man Far From Home. And we we haven't heard a peep for six months. Like since production shut down on those Disney Plus shows, nothing. And so that's why I think it's, it's, some of this is on purpose. Like Disney's doing something in the background. They're waiting for something, whether it's the end of the pandemic or whether it is this testing ground that they're running with Disney Plus and Mulan and all that, that, that they got to figure out what their strategy is. And that strategy is dependent on A, B, and C, which haven't happened yet. And part my, of it my, too, my, go ahead, sorry, go ahead, Carlos. No, I was going to say that my, my guess is what they're waiting for. Uh, the Mandalorian is supposed to drop right on, on October 30th. The, the, the next two weeks are going to be when they're going to start dropping. Um, the, the, first of all, the trailer is going to probably be out in the next 10 days and they're going to start really pumping it so that people, um subscribe those who aren't already subscribed to the service they want to get them subscribed to the service as soon as possible so uh, without too much of a delay between the trailer and the release of mandalorian so you're going to have them subscribe for like two three weeks mandalorian goes for eight weeks you're going to have them subscribe for three months and maybe they'll be hooked i i i i'm i'm this is how i would try to like jam it in as much as possible because right now the streaming services are they're blasting out content whatever they can whatever that they have that's in the hopper they're putting it out movie movie companies are pushing stuff out uh because they want to they want to try to maximize profits as much as possible so I, i i really think that their campaign the quiet obviously my my idea is that they've probably spoken to execs at uh, HBO and at uh, or at DC and uh, all these other places to know what they're doing and what's on their hoppers so that they can like really try to squeeze in right about that the perfect timing, not to like blast it too early so that people so that the 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 the, the, the fever dies down. They really want to they want that fever to crest right before the Mandalorian drops. So um, I, I really don't think they're, it, it's not a, um, a, a solo uh, marketing mishap. I think they learned from that mistake. Uh, I really think that they're going to pump out the stuff. And like what we saw now with, uh, when was it, three days ago with the title card with uh, the baby blue mm-hmm. background and and the Mando with Baby Yoda in the A, like it's it's really really good, and I think we're really gonna get bombarded. Like in a week or two, we're gonna be like, I can't believe we we thought that <laughs> <laughs> they weren't talking about this. Well, for sure, it's the, the the trailer's coming, and it's just like, I think for last year, the trailer came in August for a season that was kicking off in early November, November twelfth, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, you, they had a whole service to sort of hype and ramp up to 
This one just seems weird. And you're right, Carlos. I don't think this is... They're just willingly stepping into the solo mistakes again. And, and But I also hope it's not that they think that this still sells itself. Like, mm-hmm. they shouldn't be thinking that. As successful well, as have... Mandalorian was, they should not be taking anything for granted in this competitive skate landscape. It's it's a very risky move. Like, they, they, they know how many subscribers they have, right? Like, they, they, they know... And they know what the turnover is on those subscribers as well. So maybe they're not as panicked as maybe we would be or we are without having that information. Because I don't know about you guys. I've I've had Disney Plus from the beginning. I never unsubscribed from it. Nope. And I don't see what I don't no. see myself unsubscribing no, from never. it at all. No. Nope. <laughs> Like I watched The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi before sitting down to watch uh, to to record with you guys. It's it's if you're a Star Wars fan, there's no excuse, no reason for you to get off this service. Never. It's yeah. all there. It, Everything's there. Yeah, and I, like I wonder with this because it's interesting points that you guys both had there. But to me, when I look at this, it's this is a show that I think of any show on any streaming service can sell itself. It's this one, but you just had probably the biggest tester with regards to film ever on a digital platform with Mulan this weekend. To me, you you throw a Mando trailer up and say, hey guys, come watch The Mandalorian. And then people get onto the service. Oh, here's Mulan. Maybe I'll, I'll do this. This is kind of cool. It It's almost like I, I don't understand the strategy of, and maybe I shouldn't, of subscription services and when you drive people to to the platform. Because I can tell you right now, and maybe it's just not the the space I walk in on Twitter and all that, there wasn't much fanfare around Mulan. It was a giant tentpole film. And maybe I missed just a lot of the chatter. There was some stuff and some boycott Mulan and all this junk. But <laughs> um, it, didn't, it didn't capture in the same way that you'd expect for something, right? Like Tenet was getting a lot of fanfare because it was in theaters. But this one... It was kind of it's interesting, right? Because it's not a film that I would have gone and seen in the theaters, and it's also not a film that I have purchased or will purchase. I'll just wait till December, yep, to watch it. And so, like to me, it's is that a driver? No, but is a man or not as much? I don't think as the Mandalorian. And you figure you just want as many eyes on the fact that Mulan is there as possible. And one way to do that is drive people through your most popular product on the platform right now. Sure. And to get a trailer out and say, hey, guys, go check this out. Go watch season one and then just have people perusing through. And then you might get an uptick. I don't know. I'm not a marketing guy, but that's the way I would approach it. I don't. It's, it's kind of a very, very interesting thing that we're seeing Disney doing right now with all their marketing. And it's I guess we'll see. Again, they have really smart people and experts in this field. <laughs> well, that's and it, right? Who, the, who are we three to, to comment on their marketing? That's, right? that's but, the thing. Like, it's. They obviously have great people in these positions, but at the same time, we're going like, what, what are you doing? Like you're, there's nothing, there's no buzz. Like we're, Mm -hmm. we're just sitting here waiting. Like you've got us. We're all at home. This isn't because we need content Disney, but we'd be appreciative of a Mandalorian trailer. (laughs) Yeah. We need to talk about something on the show. (laughs) Well, I mean, soon enough, we'll have the episodes to talk about themselves, right? Like there, it's not that far off now. So giving us a trailer now, okay, fine. You'll you'll float fandom for a, a week as we all kind of digest a trailer. But it's it's not something that we're going to need 
to drag out in terms of content. It's 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 a weird thing. I from the from the, like the overall silence from MCU stuff and Star Wars to this. I'm scratching my head with the marketing. I just don't mm-hmm. get what they're up to. It's it's it strikes me as very bizarre. But again, yeah. lots. It's it's a really weird year we're in right now with 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 COVID and all this other stuff. It, 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 Disney Plus is their only revenue stream right now. <laughs> yeah, the only tangible are... dead. Like they're they're open, but not nearly the capacity. Like they're at, like down seventy five percent this year. The film, like they're that's not existent. Yeah, right but now. they're all, they're also saving about sixty percent of salaries of of workers that they furloughed. So it's uh, I mean it's not complete loss in the parks um, compared to what what it would be at full capacity. Um, but but I I do see your point. Yeah, the 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 the, the, the streaming services. COVID, not COVID, it's not impacted. It's, and if anything, it probably got a bump. Yeah, it's bulletproof in that respect, yeah. right? Like, it, you can't harm it. Like, And I agree. It probably, they probably got further in their estimates or where they wanted to be with the service because of this, right? People just picking up Disney Plus. And, and I agree with you both. It's it's nine bucks a month or whatever you pay for $100 a year. And it's like anything. It's just going to roll over on people's credit cards. Like, people just aren't going to cancel it, right? They're going to look, ah, it's nine bucks. Yeah, whatever. I'll keep it. If I watch two movies on there a month, it's worth it. Like I can't imagine the circumstance that would have to happen for me to go. Yeah, it's time to cancel Disney Plus. I can't imagine what must happen for me to to pull the plug on that service. I can't think of it. Yeah, the only thing is that they lost a ton of content, which they never will. Like <laughs> they, they own it unless they sell Marvel, unless they sell Star Wars. Cash cows. <laughs> Like it's never happening. They just they just built a billion dollar theme park, right? They're yeah. they're, <laughs> they're not selling Star Wars anytime soon. Uh, they've got the, the Avengers one. Oh yeah, that's coming in Europe, I think too. Or no, they're it's the Avengers Station, yeah, that they're doing, really expanding on that concept. Again, not selling. So no. <laughs> there's there's I can't ever imagine a scenario in which I say you know. Uh, I think quick, my relationship quick, with Disney Plus is over. Quick quick scenario. L- l- let's say they, they had a business plan and said, uh, year one, we expect to have this many subscribers. Year two, we have we expect to have this many subscribers. It's going to cover the budget for the our shows for the first uh, five years where we don't expect to make a profit. What if looking at that business plan and they look at their subscriber base now and what if they're 50% ahead? Of where they they thought they'd be. I think they and, are. I and, agree. They're like and, sixty-four million plus people. Yeah, and now they don't need to pump the airwaves with Disney Plus. Uh, subs- like come subscribe. It's like uh, the people that we wanted to get are, uh, during this period. Like maybe they're saving money mm-hmm. <laughs> on marketing because the people that they didn't think. They were going to get this year. They were only expecting them to come next year. Are already here. Well, like ten, I, I, I don't tangentially know. I related. I agree. I think the people that are sitting at home with making money, their, their work, like the, for the people who are still, you know, retaining their jobs but unable to spend the money by vacationing, going out to eat. People are like the money is literally burning a hole in people's pockets. I, I went to mm-hmm. a uh, a small engine shop the other day. I had to get my lawnmower fixed. And I was like, how are you guys doing this year? And he's like, oh, we've made our numbers for the year already. 
every yeah. every sale I make as of this moment is profit for me this year. And he's like, people are coming in buying $1,000 chainsaws like you wouldn't believe. He's like, I sold more <laughs> chainsaws in May than I did in, in like four years combined. And it's it's that. It's people are at home. They've got nothing to do, nowhere to go. I'm going to buy a $1,000 chainsaw today. So it, it, it's that. It's like people are at home going, uh, we're home for six months. Let's get Disney Plus on top of Netflix yeah. and Amazon or whatever we've got. We're going to add yep. that service. And they'll get hooked and they'll never – Disney's way ahead of, the, of their own projections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every, everyone is in this in this environment right now with, I guess, in the digital environment. I know there's a lot of people that are hurting in other spaces, but it yeah. it it's – it's going to be hard to calibrate because they don't, they haven't even put any of the MCU stuff on, right? They haven't really put anything beyond the Mandalorian on in the star Wars world. And so they're, they're to be honest with you. When you look at Disney plus, there's not a lot of original content yet. No, it, it sorely lags where Netflix excels is in that original content that you can't get anywhere else. They've got all the movies. And so really Disney plus right now for me is, is, is just a library. An archive, yeah, of yeah that's films that's, that I that's love. Their, that's their, that's the strong point. That's their it's, strong suit. Where, where, agree. where, where they don't have to pay for the Avengers and for all the Marvels movies. Like, if you go to Netflix, you could still watch the the first Avenger, and they're paying Disney for that. But they took a huge, <laughs> huge loss getting those back to be in their library, right? They took billions dollars of worth of of net loss to claw back those films from Netflix and other providers so that they could put them on Disney plus. Yeah. But and Netflix, so like, I think they're Netflix looking at still losing paying them though. Like they're still in they're some, still yeah, that money. in some, in some of, for some of those films. Right. But like over the long haul, they had to take a billions of dollars worth of hit to yeah. get those films into this library. Cause you don't want people coming and being like, Oh, I want to watch, you know, Avengers one. And it's not there. And you're like, where is it? Oh, it's on Netflix. I'll just watch it on Netflix then. <laughs> like, yeah. They didn't want that, right? Well, that happened at the beginning. That's it what did, it yeah. was. Infinity it was... War was there. Black Panther was over there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. But it's short-term pain for long-term gain. Like, yeah. they know that. And, and the thing that they're not just a regular. This is Disney. They're not a startup. No. Like, they know they're there for the next 10 years. And, um, and they're not going to run at the same type of deficit that that like that Netflix runs at as far as production um they're they're in the red uh, and they're they're just making their money on the on the subscription they're uh, like they're able to operate at a loss but not at the same type of loss that Disney can but but Netflix is if you look at stock price is a bigger company yeah, worth far, more, their market cap bigger. is bigger it's bigger than Disney's which is yeah, so I always far. found that crazy yeah, i, I couldn't believe that yeah. when, when i like they, they i think they kind of leapfrog each other periodically yeah, go back but i was i was absolutely blown away when i heard that that netflix has a bigger thought, market cap no than way. disney I, I, that <laughs> but, can't but be that's right. because but that's because of their subscriber base but when 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 yeah. disney's subscriber base 100 million yeah plus grows and let's say it gets to 85 or 90 i think that number is going to shrink like the, the 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 market cap the difference between the two and Disney has that catalog of stuff that they've already paid for and already are in the black on Snow White. They're, it's not going yeah. any, you know, <laughs> they're not spending yeah. money on that. Whereas other companies, if they want to have that, they need to pay Disney. Until they do the live action remake of, of Snow White. 
They did that already, didn't they? Did they? Uh, yeah, Snowy and the Huntsman with Thor himself. Oh, I was, I was. Well, I mean, I'm looking for the Seven Dwarves here. Oh, you want the Dwarves? In yeah, the yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's not Snow White unless you have Dopey. Let's be honest. <laughs> we just rewatched that too. My daughter had never seen it. <laughs> All right, well, switching gears. Let's get out of the business world because uh, let's, let's face it, we don't know what we're. Sorry, talking man. About. I I love that stuff. I do too. Uh, but I, I fully admit, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I just like yeah. talking about it. <laughs> So we have podcasts. No, well, right? well, we know what we're talking about. It's it's not, but we don't know what they're planning. No. Like like we we understand the nuts and bolts of it. It's just like you're not in you're not in the boardroom to understand why they're doing such decisions, and sure, that's where the yeah. speculation is fun. So don't sell yourself short, there, dopey. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, speaking of uh, some some crazy characters, um, could we see Jeff Goldblum in Star Wars? <laughs> Wouldn't we want to see it? Uh, Carlos is giving a little little grunt over that. I don't know. Uh, he, so he spoke with Insider.com last week, and when he was asked about his relationship with Taika Waititi, who he worked with on Thor Ragnarok, uh, and then possibly joining The Mandalorian, he said, quote, I'm a fan of it. I'm a fan, of course, of Taika Waititi. I adore him. Always did before I even worked with him. And maybe we'll do something together again. We've talked about doing something else that has to be secret right now but I would do anything with him, sure. And Disney Plus are just a great bunch of people to be associated with. They are a wonderful family. How smart and sweet and kind they are. Is Oh, Jeff. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, this, this Disney Plus. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. They're so sweet. Oh, wonderful family. Well, and that's the thing. Like he's He is... Okay, let's not worry about whether... He was actually talking about the Mandalorian, that he's going to be in it, and that's the secret thing he's talking about. Would you want to see this guy in a galaxy far, far away, and all the, the, the all the Jeff Goldblum of it all? Does it work in Star Wars? Let, let me tell you, man. I'm a big <laughs> fan of Jeff Goldblum. I loved him in, in Jurassic Park. I'm a big Jurassic Park fan. And he fit well in Ragnarok, because that movie was Ragnarok, right? And Taika is a director that embraces his just perfect weirdness. Yep. And Jeff Goldblum does that to the nth degree. Like, have you seen a show on Disney Plus, Matt? Yep. It's it's hilarious, it's and he's great. all over the place. But it is, he's a magnetic human being. But... but I cannot see past Jeff Goldblum anymore. Even him in in Jurassic World, and then like when he reprises his role, and he's reprising his role again, I believe for the third new one here. Yep, he's gone beyond the Ian Malcolm. He's no long. He's Jeff Goldblum in everything. Yep. Like you exactly. can't like. And the Grandmaster was a perfect role for him because he, that fit the Jeff Goldblum character, right? He's 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 almost <laughs> created this archetype of a character for himself. And it's just his personality. Yeah, just lean into your quirks and your your eccentricities and all that weirdness that people want from Jeff Goldblum. Just just do that. Bring more and of he, that. And he was there. And that was that was tempered a bit in like the early nineties and all that when he went through that bit and even Independence Day and all that. You you don't see that same Jeff Goldblum. No, not at in all. There at all. And even the original me and Malcolm in Lost World, different guy. But he clicked over something at some point and he became this eccentric guy and maybe he's always that guy but that just became who he was and he's the only guy i know that can pull off what the way he dresses and all this but to answer your question no <laughs> i can't I, he just doesn't it doesn't fit that world it would just stick out too much and i know taika is doing or he's tapped to do a star wars story and 
he you know probably will like to bring his friends into the mix and all that and if he can write Goldblum in he's probably the only one that can to be honest with you but like can you see Goldblum sitting there with a Jedi robe on <laughs> like it just it doesn't like could he, could he play some weird traitor alien dude sure yeah yeah sure. maybe that makes sense I think that's I was just thinking Watto like yeah like he, he could be he could be that guy but you can't have him or, or maybe you can and and it's he's too he you said it perfectly like he's too Jeff Goldblum like there's uh, our friend Jeffrey Fishback actually said oh I love Jeff Goldblum I'd love to see him in Star Wars and my response was exactly yours no <laughs> I just no I I, I, I the, love the guy but I, exactly I, I don't want to be taken out of the galaxy far far away no. and like I, you know what maybe he's not that super eccentric character in Independence Day but as soon as you hear his voice it's you you know we'll, we'll go in there and you 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 go in there and you you do what you got to do you you know you, take him you down take your shot do your thing take him down do your thing uh, you yeah. know <laughs> it's yeah. like it's well it's <laughs> i love him but he's a, he's and and he played the grandmaster and you know what even then like i i was like i don't know if i'm going to like this and i kind of liked it because it was ragnarok and it was stupid and fun yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I love Ragnarok. He was because, custom built for a role like that. <laughs> yeah, and it's stupid and fun. I don't want stupid and fun in Star Wars. Like there, there's, we get it with like I had trouble with Amy Sedaris in 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 the uh, in the Mandalorian. Like it's it's tough seeing by Bill Burr's bald head, <laughs> and and not. I mean, I still like it. I think he play, he actually acted it pretty well. But every time you see one of these comedic character actors it kind of takes you a little bit away from star wars and yes taika's he he's he's doing uh episodes of the mandalorian but he also has his own star wars project and if you're gonna if you're gonna put him in a, in a movie and trying to tell a totally different story now and he's in it how big is jeff goldblum gonna be and how is the story going to be able to survive and not be suffocated by Jeff Goldblum? Mm -hmm. You know, and it's not to say that Jeff Goldblum will do harm to, to star Wars because he's not good, but because he's too much Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. There's, there's too much personality there. And I, I thought I've spent more time thinking about this than, than I probably should, but it's it's that like there's a personality that comes with it that you can't separate from the actor and the character like it's mm -hmm. you see too much Jeff Goldblum and it's like oh god but but then you go why does it work in MCU but not Star Wars I don't get it like the, the only tone I think right because like there's a certain element of the MCU that doesn't allow you or of stars it doesn't allow you into the same tone that you get in the MCU and I think because their characters vary so much that you can swing from one side to the other. You can go from an end game or a civil war or a, or a winter soldier to a Ragnarok or a guardians, right? Mm. Back to back almost. And is that, can you do that in star Wars? I don't, I don't know. I don't know if the storytelling allows you and maybe I, that's I, something that we're missing. I think part of it too is that the whole MCU, including Ragnarok, even though it takes place on, on that garbage planet where the grandmaster is, it's still earth-based 
Earth is still a role in it, and we've got our Jeff Goldblum yep. here. Mm-hmm. It's it's our world. The MCU is our world. The Star Wars galaxy is far far away. It's far far away. It's it it's not ours. It looks like us, but it's not. And I think if you put Jeff Goldblum there, you go, oh now it's now it is us because it's Jeff Goldblum, and he's he's he pulls me into that. He makes he pulls you out of it in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it could work if he voiced a droid, you prosthesis mm, yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, if you see, I think if you see his face, you're done. It's over. Yeah. Uh, but who, who is the actor that played the blue alien in the first episode of the Mandalorian? He's a comedic guy. Horatio Sands. Yeah. That, that's what I think a Goldblum voice could do. It pulled me right out of that scene. Sure, it was Horatio Sands and not Bobby Monahan. Yeah, it was Sands. I make that mistake yeah, too. Was, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> it, that 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 drug me right out of that whole scene because I couldn't place that guy's voice and it just didn't fit the character for me and what was happening at that point in time with the Mandalorian. And that's what I would be worried with with even Jeff Goob's, Goobloom, Goldblum, sorry, his voice. Like, could you put it on like an IG88 like they did with Taika's, where if you listen really hard, you can hear Taika. But it's kind of has this overprint to it. But I think yeah, you at get the same time, when, if you get Jeff Goldblum, you kind of want Jeff Goldblum to a, to a degree. Well, and that's, and that's the that's... thing is like, do, do you take away Jeff Goldblum? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's the at... point of hiring Jeff Goldblum? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but we we said the same thing about Nick Nolte, right? And and uh, uh, like, well, that's where you, I'm going. You you know you know that he plays Queel, but uh, like it's you can't really say it It sounds like nick nolte because he's actually giving a performance can jeff goldblum do that and is that where he's best suited maybe he could do it and you know maybe he'll be like you know i don't have to be jeff goldblum on this i could just do the job and maybe i'll do a character that's gonna really sell uh, whatever project or whatever property i'm i'm taking part in and that'll be cool if he's able to do that and I'm sure he is. I mean, he seems to me as a, as a terrific actor, and maybe he's you know given in to the the uh, the fact that he's larger than life now. Uh, but maybe this is an opportunity for him to be like, you know what? I don't have to be Jeff Goldblum in this. I could be a TK four one one droid, and maybe he has a a voice that he he likes to do for fun. You know, like that that he, he could be a droid or, or or anything like that. So I'm with you on it. But like Nick Nolte, uh, at first I'm like, geez, like who's next? Gary Busey? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but 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 I think he did. A, he did an awesome job. And, and, and I don't know. It's, it's worth mentioning Bill Burr again. Like yeah. I remember seeing his face in the trailer going, I can't believe we're in a world where Bill Burr is in Star Wars. How am I going to get my head around this? How am I going to watch that show being a huge Bill Burr fan and not just go, that's that's my favorite comedian. That's Bill Burr. Except, like, except for there was one time in the show where he actually does that <laughs> yeah. laugh. There was that one time and I'm like, oh, you son of a. <laughs> he, and he, yeah, he, he goes, ah, you wise ass. Like he, he, yeah, yeah. he, he plays Bill Burr. And it's like, but it worked. Maybe I'm being a homer, but it worked. Like it, it didn't seem like he was too far out of place. So I don't want to. Well, I, I wouldn't want to write Jeff Goldblum out completely. But I, look at another guy like, like Sam Jackson, right? 
Mm-hmm. He's a guy to me that was is miscast. I I love Sam Jackson. He's one of my favorites. But when I see him as Nick Fury, I go, yeah, that mm-hmm. guy is money. It's perfect. Yep. And when I see him as Mace Windu, I'm like, nope. It doesn't, doesn't work for bother me, me as, as there's, much. There, I, there's, I, a, there's a couple. There's, You know what? Like he, And I think that has more to do with the direction and the writing. Like, well, we're always going to come back to the same thing with the prequels. Like, I think if if he if he was directed better, there were some some moments in in the the prequels where you're like, okay, Mace Windows a badass, and Samuel L. Jackson is doing it to a T. There's just no consistency there, which is what the prequels suffer from. So I think I I, I see what you're saying, but um, yeah, the Nick Fury role, obviously, he knocked it out of the park. It was perfect. And he's like, in, in both cases, he plays like the leader of the heroes, right? It's, it, it, but in one of them, for me, it works. It's so organic and so natural to him. And and the other side, he sticks sticks out like a sore thumb. And he he takes me out of Star Wars whenever I see his face. I'm like, oh, there's Sam Jackson in Star Wars, and it kind of doesn't work. And so there's that for me. That's a case of the bad end of bringing a Jeff Goldblum, mm-hmm. where it's like, well, that's that could be the the feeling I get every time I see him. But on the other side, if it worked and he had and he, they just found that right mix of Jeff Goldblum's ec- humor and eccentricity in Star Wars, it, I think it could work wonders if they had the right role, whatever that might be. I think it could be really funny, but it's it's a risk. Right. And other, you know, there's, there's other big name actors where it's just like. I can't do ma- it. Ma- imagine. Dwayne Johnson in in Star Wars, <laughs> it doesn't work. Like like it's tough. Like Tom Cruise, right? Like he was he was uh, was it Marvel or D- Disney's first pick for Tony Stark? Yeah, he was. Yeah, Marvel's first choice for that. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if that was when Ike Perlmutter was still. Yeah, it would have been yeah back in two thousand six or so. So I and they were they were really pushing for Tom Cruise and Feige fought for for Downey Jr. And thank God he did because I mean, I, I'm Tom Cruise is a really good actor, but he's Tom Cruise, and all you would see is Tom Cruise, right? And yeah, he's he's the guy from Top Gun. He's the guy from all the Mission Impossible stuff, right? He plays the same guy, all right? The time. And he's, he's pretty much yeah. He's who knows how many movies he's been in, but he's like a megastar. Right, mm-hmm. like there, I don't know how many mega stars are out there, like Brad Pitt's, Tom Cruise's. How many mega stars are out there that if you put them in Star Wars, you're like, well, geez. Quite, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say something here. Like you, you just you just said a name here. I I would see Brad Pitt in Star Wars ahead of Tom Cruise. Yes. If if you see Brad, have you seen uh, uh, the Big Short? Brad Pitt not, in the no, Big Short. No. Fantastic. And and you look at him and it's like, okay, you see it's Brad Pitt, but he's an actor, man. He's like, yeah, no doubt. Tom, Tom Cruise is a good actor, but he's a boy scout. He plays the boy scout. Mm. Yeah. You could see Pitt in a role, like a Cassian Andor type role. Oh yeah. Like that. Like, like sitting on the, the, the dirty side of the rebellion type thing where he's kind of this rough and guff commando. I I could buy into something like that. Yeah. uh, Pitt over Cruise for sure. I think, I think, I think uh, Brad Pitt's more versatile. Oh no! It's, absolutely, it, and it, it's so hard though sitting from like behind the mic here in the armchair because there, there's casting choices all the time. You're like, no way, no way, and then 
on screen are like, yep, that worked. They did their job. <laughs> I've been humbled. You know what I mean? And and I, I think every Batman is that way. It's like, that's not happening. It's, you know, that <laughs> that's going to suck. <laughs> and then you look at it and you're like, whoa, it's like Ledger and all that stuff, right? There's another guy like that everyone was blew up at. Like, this guy never will never work in a Batman universe as Joker. It doesn't work. And then there you go. And so... I know a lot of the times, and I think you're right, Carlos, you have to leave it to the the, the writer. And if you have the right character director, which Watiti is, mm-hmm. then you can you can do crazy stuff with actors that you didn't either think had the range or that you thought would take you completely out of the scene. And Goldblum, I don't, he's a tough one, but there's there's quite a few people that you could realistically say no way, and then they find a role, and it has to be the right role even a role that was written for that individual so that they play into the quirks of the, the character actor. And so I, I would never say no to anyone as long as we're getting Star Wars films, man. <laughs> no, for sure. And and I'm going to, I'm going to, I mean, I've always, I've taken hard lines on, on certain people before. And then somebody brings up a what if, and it's like, if it's, a, if he's a droid and uh he's not let's say uh his character from from Ragnarok then i could see how it works you know what i mean like um if, if he could play like a, a a k2so type and be a little bit sassy like goblum can be with not always having the, the same inflection of if you've ever listened to conan o'brien needs a friend and oh. his interview with jeff goblum oh. <laughs> Tear like, inducing. Tear inducing. Yes, it's awesome, but I don't want my droid to sound like that. I I, I, I just I just don't. Maybe I'm too picky. I don't know, but uh we 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 need to we need to be honest here and say that I believe Jeff Goldblum can do more than just be Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. Like I he, he he is a good actor. Uh is that what he wants to do? I, and I, you know what? If if it's for Taika, maybe he will. Like I'm a little bit more open to it now than when the conversation first started. And I immediately scoffed. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like someone like Brie Larson, right. Who's kind of danced around it a bit. She's getting to that point where a few more turns as, as Captain Marvel, even maybe one more turn as Captain Marvel. And she'll be forever cemented as Captain Marvel for me. And if she ever jumped into star Wars, I go, Oh, Captain Marvel's now in star Wars. But like, she's still at that point where she's like, if she came into star Wars next, it, like she could like slink into that role and and be both in the same way that like her mentor Sam Jackson is, mm. uh, but at a certain point like even even she becomes one of those people where it's like oh boy, I, I I'm I'm all for it like I'm mostly for it just to make people mad to see yeah, people well, and I think that's a lot of time why these actors don't sign these long term deals because they get pigeonholed into a role and they can't escape that role like. I think Downey has like he just is now I don't know which is which if Stark is Downey or Downey Stark exactly and <laughs> like, you wouldn't have got even, that with Cruz Cruz would no. have always been Cruz yeah and yeah. this guy he's one and the same person now yep and and so sometimes you get it the other way where you have a guy that plays a role for so long that they they become that role and he's hasn't had a ton of success outside of that role like in big money success and he went back and fully embraced it when he kind of said nah, I'm done. Um, and he he came back flying back and has, you know, completely still embraced that. Still playing the 
the superhero NFL pool that he plays in as, <laughs> I don't know, is he Tony Stark in that pool or is he Robert Downey Jr.? I don't know. The same person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but but he's also Sherlock Holmes. Like, Yeah, that's probably his biggest success outside of uh, Stark. And, well, at and, least and, in, the, in modern times. Or yes, exactly. But but it's fun. I don't know if you like those movies, but he's phenomenal in that. He's great. He's, I like him in both of them. I want them yeah. to be number three. <laughs> yeah, no, I would love it. Really, uh, really. And Jude Law, too, is really good in that. Jude Law, I could see in Star Wars as a Dryden Voss character or uh, mm-hmm. yeah. or something of that uh, of that nature. Yeah. Paul Bettany was great, too, in um, in Star Wars. So, you know what? Okay. Uh, I guess I'm going to go back to the, the same old thing. It's like, depends on what the, what the role is and who's writing it and who's directing it at least we know it's not george so that's good <laughs> well i mean if you listen to youtube it very well maybe oh boy <laughs> well uh, at least at least the directing part like he could write you know but uh directing it has to be in somebody else's hands i'm enrolling in medicare soon and it had me a little confused then i found myhealthpolicy.com with MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I could learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice. My Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com. Fair enough. All right, cool. Let's uh, let's wrap up the show on this one, guys. Uh, we also learned last week that Daniel Jose Older is going to bring back Yoda in his High Republic series, his comic series for IDW. It's bringing back a slightly younger Yoda, which, hey man, that's kind of cool. Inevitable, right? I would have to say that oh, we, yeah. we kind of all felt like Yoda w- would be back in some capacity given the time frame of of the High Republic, but Tim. Where are you with the High Republic? Is this something you're going to jump into, or are you a wait-and-see guy on this? I, I like the idea of it because it's a contained story, right? It It's something that you can get into. Re, I'm going to read the first book but by Charles Soule, of course. I'm a huge fan of Soule. And the comic books look very consumable. And I like that they're doing this multimedia, let's skip from here to there and tell a grander story, but a contained story, right? And it's not like I'm trying to do all the books that span the entirety of the Star Wars timeline. I can I can drop into this thing and really read it. And so I, I, at the onset, I'm in. Um, it depends on how Fast and Furious they come with the content. And it will probably just be the novel and the comic books that I do. And I know some of it's dependent as you go across back and forth. But the concept of the High Republic, I'm into. And I, you know, personally, maybe push it a little further back because I feel that you're still a little bit close to Star Wars proper and the prequels and, and the Phantom Menace and all that, that you're not removed enough so that you can tell completely unattached stories. Right. But, and this is where it comes back to Yoda being inevitable and your comment I fully agree with is that, of course, he's going to be in this. We all know how old he was when he died and we're about halfway through his life, give or take, you know, uh, 50 years or so. And so they have they almost have to put him into this. If he's absent, you're going to be asking the question of why. Yeah, where is <laughs> you know it? what I mean? And so, yeah, I'm, I'm into the High Republic. I'm into the concept of it. I'm into the creative team for sure. Like unbelievable creative team. Even that to me sells it. Like you've got, you know, Soul and you've got um, Claudia Gray. Like everyone's here, right? In some capacity. 
And so I'm, I'm in for it just based on the creative team and the concept. Yeah, it seems cool enough to me and, and Yoda being in it and being a little younger, a little sprier. Um, I'm down for it to see, see what his progression halfway through his life looks like in the new canon. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Carlos. Yeah. <laughs> you had some see, thoughts. Uh, you had some thoughts about the new look Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, we talked about Mace Windu earlier. There was something a little bit of the, the side, the Mace Windu side eye, uh, almost, uh, like a, uh, <laughs> Pulp Fiction looking Sam Jackson, uh, Yoda with the attitude. Uh, he's a bad MFer there. And, um, uh, I, I, we had spoken about this, uh, months and months and months ago about how, we didn't like, or I know Corey and I were both on the same board, probably you too, uh, Kyle, about how the 200-year thing, like we were hoping it would be a 1,000 years. I thought before. it was four. Is it two? It's two. It's two, Oh, yeah. I thought it was four. So that's what I was saying halfway through his life. Yeah, yeah no, so it's, 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 200, it's 200 years back, and, and um, we were hoping that it'd be a 1,000 years back just so that there wouldn't be any of that overlap because we really wanted to be away from the saga. And I wasn't uh, super happy about it. And I was thinking about ways of how this can happen in a universe where Yoda isn't involved at all. Uh, maybe being in uh, beyond the outer rim or in, in, in things of that nature, but you know, having it be the high Republic, it kind of needs to be in the Republic. So, um, but I'm, I'm like everything else. I always end up coming around to it. And uh, Nathan kind of said, well, it was kind of inevitable once we knew the time frame. And I was uh, kind of not against it, but hoping that they would find a way to write around it. But if you're going to go and you're going to have the Jedi um, be involved, you need to have Yoda there. You just, you, you need to. And now the trick is how is this Yoda going to evolve and become the Yoda that we know because I think that's what we're going to get we're going to get this version of Yoda that we first see that we're not going to understand or maybe we're going to be like oh that like so what happens to this guy that makes him the Yoda that we know yeah they, they have to like they've well we're thinking back to 1999 when they decided to make a puppet for Phantom Menace mm -hmm. and what is this guy going to look like? And they went way too far with de-aging him. Like it, he was unrecognizable to the point where they had to digitally insert a puppet that looked basically like he did in the OT. Yeah. Uh, so there's a quote here on the starwars.com piece about the design work and they didn't, Lucasfilm didn't want to fix what wasn't broken. <laughs> it's like, okay, so they've learned a big lesson from that prequel era look and, and, decided all we have to do is smooth out a few wrinkles and, and update yeah. his robes, which is basically all they've done. So they're, if we're going to take the visual look of Yoda and use that as sort of an, a metaphor or analogy for what they'll do to the personality, I don't know that they're going to change his characteristics that much. There will, they will change him in some ways, but I don't know that they'll fundamentally change Yoda. And I don't know that they should. I think regardless of what they do, whether they, make his characterization drastically different from what we see in the prequels and the, the OT that'll make some people mad. And <laughs> if they keep them too much the same, that'll make some people mad. So I, this is a, a, 
Yeah, although it was inevitable, I think it is a bit of a thorny thing because he is such a revered character. And when we look at like the hierarchy of people in Star Wars that we can trust as narrators, Yoda's at the top of that list. Like we always sort of take Yoda at his word without questioning it. So when we, we go back to the High Republic, do they undo that a little bit and make Yoda a little less reliable? Because he's, I mean, he's still a grandmaster. He's still out there teaching Padawans. That's they, They've said in this piece that that's primarily his job. So he's still way up there in the ranks, you got to think. And whatever they do with him, I would think that if he... If, it sounds like he's still a, a member of the council, but to be, I don't know if he's a leader on the council, like he is in the prequels, whatever happens in this series might be the thing that propels him to being like the guy on the council. Well, he, he, he was, he says in, in, uh, in empire strikes back that for 800 years, he was training Jedi. Yeah. So if you're training Jedi for 800 years, it also brings up this this whole story of of the child being fifty. So in the next fifty years, is he going to be able to train Jedi? And why does the child now look as wrinkly as Yoda when he died, and this one has a smooth fit? Like, is he is he using regenikine? Like, well, I don't. What what's going on there? Like, there doesn't seem to be like a consistent flow of 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 this species. Yeah, they, it seems like they've changed it so that you're you you're born this way and you die this way. You just get a few more wrinkles. Like there's there's not much about the character that changes. Like the the child has little wiry white hair, so it it seems like even I mean Yaddle, <laughs> Yaddle's got a big head of hair, mm-hmm. but even the child he's got like a little bit of white hair that you'd it, expect on a nine hundred like year old yeah, yeah, but you, didn't Yoda in, in Legends have red hair? Dude, I'm looking at a, a concept art from somewhere of a young Yoda in his prime, and it's freaking me out. It's like staring right through me. Is he right got the, like the long red hair? Yeah, it's, it, he's, it's a he's got no wrinkles. It's a truly freakish image. Yeah, and almost like I don't know if it's digital or if it's someone in makeup, but yeah, it's freaking me out here. Looking at it. <laughs> it's a little bit of nightmare fuel. <laughs> Uh, I'm a bit uncomfortable with it staring at me as we podcast <laughs> for sure but yeah I mean I, I don't know what differences they're going to want to put into Yoda because I, I, they have to do something to make it interesting but Tim well, what, do you, like, what, do you, what do you think we, we saw Yoda as kind of at the end of his road kind of speaking very much in riddles and empire and all that right and we got a good feel for that character and you go back to the prequels to episode one primarily and you've got him sitting on the council and because we knew who he was in the OT and we went back to the prequels, he was an immediately a respectable character, a character that we look to for answers and look to for guidance. It would be interesting to go back to this, and this is kind of, I think, what you're alluding to, Kyle, and and make him a little less of that, that maybe he's not on the council or maybe there is someone that overrules Yoda as we go through this, right? Someone that's even bigger than him and put him in a different scenario. To me, if you put Yoda on the council and, and he fills the same role that he did in the prequels and a little less so in the OT, but more or less that that's all knowing all being Jedi, it makes character less interesting unless you're going to use them in just a pure cameo capacity and say master Yoda. And he kind of gives, you know, the, the group of Jedi a bit of guidance and they go off and do his thing. We don't hear from him again. Fine. But if he's going to have any sort of extended cameo position in this or 
a role of influence. I'd like to see it slightly flawed um, just to give him a different flavor. And yes, the timeline probably doesn't line up to allow for that type type of storytelling that he is a flawed character only 200 years before he is, you know, the all knowing all being Jedi. But to give a little twist on it, it would be interesting to see something like that in a comic book or in Charles Soule book. I'm not sure exactly. I think it's the comic books where he's going to show up here, but um, I want something different from Yoda. You got to give him a little bit more of an arc. I don't know that you can just spoon feed the same thing back to us. Uh, so in the starwars.com piece, it says, while he's already a respected member of the Jedi council at this point, we meet Yoda in IDW's the high Republic adventure series, doing what he loves best, looking out for the young folks in this case, in this case, a group of Padawans, traveling around the galaxy to learn the ways of the Force with a hands-on approach. So, he's already a council member. It just sounds like he's the lead teacher. tutor. The lead... Right. He's he's kind of like the main guy to teach kids. I don't know... Something must happen with Yoda to bring him into the fold because he's now, he, now he's in tight with the Chancellor, with the Senate. When we get to the prequels, something's got to happen in this series that makes that is the catalyst for that relationship. I mean, maybe it already is, but it seems like something happens to bring Yoda closer in to the fold away from his mm-hmm. teaching duties. And yeah. it, it, it's interesting to see what sort of machinations would make that happen. Maybe, maybe there's again, Sith in the background going, oh, this guy's way too good of a teacher. He's, he's spitting, he's graduating Jedi's all over the place. We got to stop this guy from teaching the way he does. So, you know, maybe there's like a long con to get him away mm-hmm. from kids and into the Senate chambers where it's it's a, a good noble guy like Yoda will surely lose his way once we get him ensnared into global politics or galactic politics, as it were. Yeah, because like realistically, you've only ever seen Yoda fail once, right? Like where when he lost to the the emperor. Yeah, yeah, I. I and maybe maybe there's some argument that can be made on that. And maybe people think that, you know, he failed numerous times throughout the trilogy. But he's a fairly infallible character, at least the perception that he's been given and the story arcs that he's been given in, in everything, right? You even look at some of the comic book arcs that he's had. Um, there's that one that happens right before The Phantom Menace, I believe, where he has that arc. I can't believe what book it's in, um, but there's a whole Yoda arc in there. He does some pretty wild stuff with the force in that. And so, yeah, it's let's explore these characters a little more. And I, I, I don't want them as a focal point, but I think it would be more distracting if they never touched on them. Yeah, you'd always have that question. Would... Where is Yoda yeah. at this time? Yeah. It's interesting because like talking about his failures, I think he's always like look at the end of Phantom Menace, and he knows that Anakin should not be trained. He knows that it's a mistake to give Anakin over to Obi-Wan, but the council wills it. So Yoda shrugs and goes, okay, mm-hmm. like I'll let it slide. You can, you can go be Anakin's teacher. And that turned, like it turns out Yoda probably should have fought harder for his point of view. And the same thing with like getting pulled into the war. He knew this was all a big mistake. Yeah. And he let it, he, he let so it maybe happen. Maybe he is an incredibly valuable character, <laughs> but he like, Reading, um, complacent maybe is a better word. <laughs> dogmatic, dogma- probably. It could be, yeah, dogmatic, but also just 
if this is what the council's will is, it must be the will of the force, so I must go with it kind of thing. It's, maybe it's just like a misguided thing like that. Um, but it, like even in, in Dark Disciple, the spoilers, uh, the Jedi Council issue an assassination attempt on Count Dooku. And Yoda kind of like green lights this. And it's like, whoa, whoa, the Jedi are now green lighting assassination attempts. And Yoda's there with it? Wow. Like, there's there are some flaws to the character. Uh, not, not, nothing that sticks out like a wart. But I think they will have to sort of lean into those a little bit more into this High Republic series and just show, like, yeah, there is there are a few cracks here with this guy. He's not completely perfect. Uh, we, I mean, we've gone down that road. Like, he, we Yoda's already copped to not being perfect. He's had his own little arc. But yeah, yeah. very interesting thing. And I, I agree with you, like, how much of a role? Like, it says he's going to be pr- featured prominently in this IDW series, but we know how they how, <laughs> how the comic book industry works. They'll tell you one thing and very quickly change it. Very quickly, the status quo yeah. changes. So I could see Yoda showing up prominently for the first arc and then being shuffled off, and we don't really f- touch base with Yoda much after that. You know, like that could be a very easy thing that happens. Yeah, it's the the saying that he's going to play a prominent role. Uh, I'd be interested to see what because this is the comic book, right? The IDW series, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, even series, even at yeah. that, it's it's if it was the Marvel series, I yeah, think it's going to play a minor be, role. Yeah, yeah, I mean, again, if if this was the Marvel flagship comic, which I think Kevin Scott is doing. Mm-hmm. Our radars would all be up at full attention, going, "Whoa, what does this mean?" But this is—it's IDW. I don't—I love IDW books; they're great, but it, they are aimed at a different set. Like these, this is more for kids. I'm going to read it anyway, but it's still going to be treated as as. I mean, look, he's he's there with these people, with Charles Soule and Claudia Gray. They're making these stories of the High Republic. This matters. What they're doing here with Yoda matters. So. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a big deal that they've done. Well, and now that you say that IDW, the first thing that pings in my head is that children need something they're familiar with, right? In these comic books, and Yoda's a great person to do that. It's a, it's a teacher, someone they respect, you know, as a kid, and he's teaching other kids. So it's kind of a nice low entry or low barrier for entry comic book for kids to have someone they can say, "Hey, that's Yoda. That's a teacher. Let's roll with the story." Yeah, my, my kids always perk up when we watch Attack of the Clones, and they see that little scene with Yoda teaching yeah. all the younglings. My kids perk up. They think it's great. And so if kids go into this series as well, seeing Yoda teaching a bunch of younglings, it's going to, it's going to stab them right in the heart. They're going to love that. Yeah. Cool, man. So that's coming 2021, January, 2021, like all the rest of the high Republic yeah, like stuff. It's everything. <laughs> right. Like just about like, you know, bringing it back full circle to the beginning of the episode with all the collectible stuff too. Like high Republic is going to come hit us right between the eyes Right after the new year, it's like I think January fifth mm-hmm. is when Light of the Jedi and I think another book drops, and it's just bam, bam, bam. We're just gonna get it. It's it's gonna come fast and furious, and uh, we're gonna regret every minute of being Star Wars fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! All right, well, I think uh, I think that's about it for this week, guys. We talked about a whole bunch of stuff, and uh, we wondered how the hell are we gonna squeeze a podcast out of this with? And here the, we are. Here we are. Surprise, surprise. We killed two hours. Uh, But that will do it for this week, man. Um, 
anybody out there, if you want to be part of the podcast, you know how to do that. You can send us your questions to tumblingsaber at gmail.com. Uh, there's lots of other ways you can help the podcast. You can make sure you subscribe to the pod, first of all. Uh, write us a review. Share us with your friends. Um, and also, if you want, you can check out our newly revamped Patreon over at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber, where uh, I don't talk about it much, but we... We did sort of re- like streamline things where now the, the barrier to entry to become a powerful friend is as accessible as it's ever been. We got the $1 tier to get you in the door, to get you some early episodes, and also the $3 tier, which just gives you everything we do. So if, if you've ever thought about becoming a powerful friend and supporting uh, Tumbling Saber and the $5 tag was a bit much, the $3 tag is a lot more digestible, and holy cow, are we going to fill your ear holes with a lot of podcasts. So go check that out if you'd like. Uh, And also be sure to check out our friend Rob Wade, who endorses this podcast as well as Tim at The Nerd Room. Uh, You can find what he does, what Rob does, over at Emotionally14.com. We love being a part of the E14 Endorsed Program. I love love the Rob Wade stamp of approval. Love that guy. It's comforting. It's comforting. It is. It is. Uh, And that's, uh, guys, I think that's that's really about it for this week. Um, Tim, where can people find you? Anywhere, everywhere. Promote yourself. everywhere. You can you can literally find me everywhere, and most times on Tumblr Saber here. No, um, <laughs> guys, I, I will I will give my stamp of approval here. Whether that is worth anything to you or not, I guess that's your decision. But I am part of the powerful friends, and I I have to say I love it. And Kyle's not kidding when he says you will get a pile of podcasts. And the thing that I love about it too is they vary from deep dives to Sith Server stuff. Go back in the archives and check that stuff out. It's a ton of fun. It's a bit of a <laughs> or don't a or don't do away. that. <laughs> Save your from, sanity and don't. This. <laughs> and then you've got and then you've got the weekly show that you get early. So I get it in my ear holes just a little bit early there. And it's and kind of that halfway between. So you, you kinda of get the best of, of all three. If you're a deep dive Star Wars guy, if you're in the middle of the road, or if you like the maybe the little what is it? Uh, I don't even know what you call that. Seventeen, eighteen plus maybe. <laughs> it's whatever it needs to be, Tim. It's yeah, whatever, it's, a, it's like it's Gozer. It's like Gozer. It's whatever it needs to be. Yeah, whatever it needs to be. Yeah. Actually, we got a, so, a couple of, and thank you for the plug, Tim. Uh, we got a couple of super sweet episodes coming up on Luminous Beings in the next couple of weeks. We are going to have Raven on uh, from Sisters with Sabres again, and we're going to nice. be talking about uh, John Boyega's comments from last week, which we glossed over in this episode, not intentionally. We are going to do a deeper dive into that with Raven because uh, that's just some important stuff there. And also, we are going to gravy train off the success of Marie <laughs> with her Dragon Con <laughs> win. They published the written test for all to sort of poke oh, around and beautiful. have a good time with. So we're going to get together, and Nathan's, uh, Marie is going to laugh at Nathan and I as we stumble through this test. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. So if you want to hear Nathan and I make absolute fools of each other on this trivia thing, uh, Powerful Friend is what you want to be. So check it out again. But also, Tim, keep going. Keep going, man. The Nerd Room. Yeah, you can you can find everything that we do, me and my my three wild co-hosts here over the nerdroom.net and Twitter and Instagram at the nerdroom. Every Thursday we we throw up an episode there, welcome you guys into the nerdroom talking stars Marvel DC and beyond and collecting movies whatever. We kind of just take what's current, talk about that and just have some fun with it. Just embrace and love the the these universes that we are so fortunate to have and such a great capacity right now and yeah that's that's uh, that's it for us it's uh, it's a lot of fun so if you guys want to get on the conversation just head over there and, and check us out yeah you guys have been appointment listening for me for for years now like every thursday god damn it i am not missing the nerd room like it's it's a weird thing where i'm like i cannot 
get through my Thursday if the Nerd Room hasn't been played. I got to hear it. I got to hear what the guys are up to. And you guys have done a ton for me in uh, not reviving, but stoking the flames of, of the other passions that I have, whether it's Marvel or DC, specifically those two. But like, I, I got piles of comics all over the place now and I'm trying to keep up. Yeah, we, uh, oh man. Like we, you, you we guys get a lot are of to angry. blame for all this. <laughs> yeah, we get a lot of angry letters from significant others, spouses and all that saying, why, why do I have all this stuff in my house? And we just get the blame thrown at us. So we're cool with that. We embrace that. <laughs> Absolutely, man. You guys, you guys are, if not my favorite podcast, you're right there, man. It's, it's great stuff. Love Much hearing the guys. Uh, and I think the, the commonality to having a great podcast is having a guy named Carlos aboard. So ah, <laughs> Carlos, yeah, there it is. Wrap underlying. Yeah. <laughs> Wrap us up here, buddy. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, I liked it better when I was the only Carlos in the Commonwealth. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a nice... Uh, no, it's a... Uh, I love Carlos, man. He's awesome. Uh, yeah, you can find me uh, on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Music or at the Funny Carlos. And uh, I'm going to be dropping a podcast this week. Uh, the TOL podcast is coming back. Nice. nice. And uh, we're... Yeah, huge news, man. Yeah. Huge. Boop, boop. And uh, look out for uh, a revamped uh, Carlos Creates uh, coming oh, soon. Yeah. Now, this TOL, is this is this uh, which version of TOL are we getting? Are we, are we getting the, the, the political thoughts? Are we getting the uh, the health and wellness? You're going to get what the hell I give you. Oh, I think I know <laughs> what that means. Oh, Jesus. The thing that I'm looking forward to is that I don't know if this is coincident or not, but we're building up to a very important election down south, and I'm hoping for some commentary around that. <laughs> well, you know what? It's uh, I'm not, I'm not going to give uh, anything away, but uh, yeah. Uh, I'll just be commenting on the temperature of the fire. It's uh, going to be hot, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, guys, that's uh, that's going to do it for this week. Next week, we hope to have Corey back. Here for, we'll give him two hours to explain his collectibles. Uh, but until then, everybody, uh, we hope you have a great week. Have a happy Labor Day. And as always, may the force be with you. Static draws me closer to your place Willing me through my dreams fall away Signs blindly to the lines on your face Beating strong Drifting, not relive this dream over and over and over again. Please don't leave my heart broken, bleeding. Don't believe it. Don't believe it.
breathing If only to see you next to me Sleeping Soundly Smiling Not really this dream Over And over Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com. New to Medicare? 
Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com new to medicare go to myhealthpolicy.com with myhealthpolicy.com you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers start now to find a plan and apply online myhealthpolicy.com makes it easy to find a medicare advantage plan in your area including plans for zero dollars a month in plan premiums low out-of-pocket costs and expansive provider networks my decision my medicare myhealthpolicy.com 